the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Nothing like a little vintage Steely Dan to tell you at the beginning of the Wednesday Dennis Prager Show that it is indeed time to do it again. For me and for you together. That's right. It is Mark Davis from 660 AM The Answer. Dallas-Fort Worth. Ah, yes. Recently frozen Texas. Ready to fill in for Dennis. A pleasure to have you here at Mark Davis on Twitter. Another entire show takes place there whenever I'm here. And it's always a joy to be here for Dennis. Where hang on just a second here on Wednesday, the 24th day of February. Let me check. Hang on. Let me confirm. Yes, the feeling has returned to my fingers. Thanks very much for that update. This this last week, last week, one week ago, it was like four below here. And I know you heard much about it. I'm not going to beat you to death with Texas freeze stories. Uh, but just, just know that as odd as you thought it was, it was weirder. As in uh, my house, it was, if if the entire state had had what I had at my house, we would not have had a crisis. It would have been a pain in the neck, but it wouldn't have been a crisis. At my house, the power was on for about an hour, hour and a half, and then it would be off for about an hour, hour and a half. That is no picnic. Setting alarms, resetting your clocks, trying to get anything done, trying to cook something, trying to do laundry, because sometimes the power would only be on for like 45 minutes, and then then we'd fire up the lanterns and all this nonsense. I know tons of people who did not have power at all. For four days. That's a walk in the park. Oof. I also know people who never lost it, never lost power. And you're thinking, oh, those must be people in $2 million houses. Nope. Some of them were, but others were just purely, uh, thoroughly good, hardworking, middle-class folk. And so there was no rhyme or reason, and that's why we all learned an acronym around America, ERCOT, the Electricity, the Electric Reliable Commission. Uh, of Texas and the R there, the reliable part is what has come under fire. I, I talked to Ted Cruz about this on the local show this morning and we talked about, obviously that's not anything the whole country cares about, but the whole country cares about some of these Biden appointees. Whole country cares about the flavor of the Republican party in these conflicts in the post Trump era. Whole country seemed to care for about 10 minutes about Ted's trip to Cancun, the ill-advised moment of you know, taking the kids uh, to the uh, to to the uh, Mexican, uh, the Yucatan Peninsula. And he talked and, and he talked about that. He's, he's through apologizing about that. He continually uh, does say that was a, a bad move, optically speaking. But 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 what he found interesting was the outsized attention paid to that while Andrew Cuomo was was hanging by a thread with a scandal that may have had a death toll. And by the way, there is fresh Andrew Cuomo news. I'll get to that in just a second. But on on the Ted Cruz front, 
there, he, he, he thought that the media's uh, obsessive, fetishized attention to his imbroglio is is evidence of how much they're in withdrawal over Trump. They just miss him without him to kick around. Every conservative is taking even additionally outsized fire. And I think he's right about that. And then he also talked about, because uh, this is what happened. You know how this part, part of the story broke is his wonderful wife, Heidi, a lovely woman, um, sent a mass text out to some people, seeing if there was any interest in, you know, going down hanging at the Ritz-Carlton in Cancun. I didn't get a text. I might have gone. Uh, but those somebody who did, somebody somewhere, leaked the texts to the media. What kind of bottom-feeding soul does that? And so uh, Ted had a little bit of a lament on that. I'd say in hour number two, we will uh, get into our conversation with Ted Cruz, because it was great, and we made a lot, made a lot of news, and, uh, and I, I want to offer that to you. What I offer you right now is the phone number, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776, because I have a number of questions for you. Whenever I'm here, I'm fresh off my own show, and there is nothing uh, to help prep you for the Dennis Prager show uh, like doing your own program. So I got questions for you. First of all, I, I, I have what I think is an explanation for the continuing wall to wall coverage of the Tiger Woods crash. Uh, bless his heart. Uh, but let us pray for healing for Tiger. And, uh, and I just hope there's no wheels off side story. No pun intended. Uh, wheels off side story there that, uh, that, that indicates there's more, um, trouble in paradise there. I, I just, I, I want him to be healthy. I'd love, I, my favorite thing is him on a golf course because I love the history that might be made. Um, I, and I, I want good things for everybody. I want a good achievement, but also a good, clean, godly life. And I want that for, for him as well. And I hope that that, uh, uh, that we haven't seen some evidence of an interruption in that. Hopefully it was just, just a, just an accident. Accidents do indeed happen. And so that's my thought for that. Well, I'll give you this in 60 seconds because here's, here's why a famous person in a car crash is always going to be newsworthy. I mean, if somebody really famous nearly dies in a car crash and boy, a uh, huge love to the, uh, the Genesis GV 80. That's the SUV. I think they sold a few of those because if you can take an impact like that and uh, and not die, that's some uh, quality safety stuff going in there from the good people at Genesis, which is the luxury offshoot brand of of Hyundai. So anyway, uh, so it's it's natural that's going to make the news. But I'm watching yesterday. And it's like wall to wall. It's like what what? And I'll tell you what it is. I think part of it is kind of a prurient, sensationalized interest. Because there's there's news value in somebody really famous being in a horrible car crash. That's going to that that provides some wind in the in the news sales. But I think that the it, it was it's almost like vultures circling over this. Like we're just waiting, we're just waiting for some detail to come out. You know, nobody was chasing after him with a golf club in this particular accident. But it's it's and and I hope. And my wish, and I loved when Tiger came back and won the Masters. It's great. Um, my favorite thing for him is to come back from sin and lead a an upstanding, godly life. Hope that's underway. I hope it was underway. I hope it continues to be. I hope this is not an aberration from that. Um, but I think that a lot of it was just a lot of people rubbing their hands together almost with glee, wondering, oh, yeah, here we come. Like there was some other shoe to drop in this story that would be another personal disaster for Tiger. No one should want that to happen. 
Uh, if it turns out that it has, will that be additionally newsworthy? I guess it will. But uh, anyway, I'm just going to let the game come to us. And um, that that was huge. And that, I think that's part of my theory as to why it was. And uh, if you got any thoughts on that, one eight Prager 776 But I've got much more substantial fish to fry. I want to take a look at those hearings yesterday. Uh, about the, the continuing reflections, looking backward at the January 6th riots. I know, I know, I know. We got to do it. I get it. But the weaponizing of the riots to stigmatize all Trump voters is something we also need to talk about. Uh, future of the GOP in general. Uh, it's a brand new year. I look forward to a, a big, uh, fat happening year here in 2021 of doing Dennis Prager shows and uh, talking to you when I drop by about how we kind of think the whole uh, future of the Republican Party is going and how we think uh, this year in conservatism, et cetera, et cetera, because I've always, always got some uh, ready to deploy thoughts about that. Again, one eight Prager 776 and uh, Mark, at Mark Davis on Twitter, M-A-R-K Davis. Appreciate it every day. And many of you guys appreciate when I start out here in this first segment of the Prager show doing what I do at the beginning of my own show every day and that's before i have a little chat with you we have a little chat with god lord watch over watch over this blessed nation we thank you every day for creating it your hand in creating this great great country fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you which our american nation was founded to protect guide us to fight for our liberties within the law and by following your law let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating each other's treating each other as we would want to be treated. Fill us with the energy to be smart and safe as we seek a path out of the COVID era. Let us lift up those whose lives and livelihoods have been sidelined by shutdowns and restrictions. Lord, these are times of trial and times of challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, where our elections are reliable, where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything. And we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. All right. Speaking of the uh, COVID-related paragraph there, uh, on my DFW show here locally, I've also talked a lot this week about what I, I think I see coming. And maybe we can make this part of our dialogue today as well. The virus seems to be getting better. It seems to be loosening its grip. And that's great. I pray that continues. When will our governments, national, state, and local, loosen their grips on us? Will that be even harder to escape? Mark Davison for Dennis. Grab a line, 1-8-Prager-776, and we will continue. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks... I found that I could climb stairs pain-free, but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Let there be no doubt big tech and the far left have joined forces to purge America of conservative views. So why exactly are we choosing to give big tech companies all of our personal data? The battle lines have been drawn. Big tech has made it clear which side they're on. Now was the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection express VPN. Every device, whether you're on your phone, laptop, or TV, has a unique string of numbers called an IP address. When you search for things, watch videos, or even click a link, big tech companies can use that IP to track your activity and tie it back to you. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to censor you and spy on you. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use. Visit expressvpn.com dash Prager, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Prager to get three extra months free, expressvpn.com slash Prager. Live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. That's what you do. And those who are doing that right now are noticing, hey, that does not look like Dennis Prager because it's not. Mark Davis with you from 660 AM, The Answer, here in big, hot, happening, thawed out DFW. Appreciate you guys being here. 1-8-Prager-776 for anything you want to address. Uh, from the January 6th uh, hearings yesterday, looking back at, at the riots, which everybody wants to obsessively do, I no one should minimize it. No one should uh, downplay it. I know, I get it, and, and by the way, virtually no one is, but uh, nor should those, those those horrible events of January 6th be weaponized and used to beat over the head uh, every conservative and every Trump supporter, which is exactly what Democrats want to do. And by the way, that's exactly why there is still fencing around the Capitol. What in the world is, why in the world is there still stupid fence around the Capitol? It is because there are people who want you to think that at any given moment, the next wave of MAGA hat-wearing Trump demons is going to storm the Capitol. It could happen at any time. This is why these folks want the 9-11-style commission. I love that. The 9-11-style commission, because they want you to think this was as bad as 9-11. Now, come on. I I know we're in a time where it's impossible to have nuanced thought but is it possible for the human brain to uh, to grasp that the riots on January 6th were terrible but were and I love the phrase that sometimes people say we we very nearly lost our democracy what are you high no we didn't it was horrible it was awful and all those videos they played at the impeachment hearings i mean it really brought home how scary that nonsense was but the notion that democracy was, you know, near was against the ropes and we nearly lost the country. What a bunch of drama queens. So there, there's, there's a line you can walk there between not wanting the January 6th, uh, you know, insurgency to be downplayed, but also not wanting it to be weaponized to, to, as a club over the head of, uh, of every conservative. Let me do one thing before we, before I talk about any other topic. And before I talk about uh, with any other person at one eight Prager seven seven six, 
This is the first time that I've spoken to you here on the Prager Show since the death of Rush Limbaugh, a show that I was so proud to serve as a fill-in host from 2008 till 2012. In fact, the running joke was that you had to be named Mark to fill in for Rush. It was me, Mark Stein, Mark Melling at the time. Stein is still doing it. Todd Herman's still doing it. And that appears to be the rule of the road for a little bit here after Rush's passing. I think they're going to have fill-in hosts uh, doing a little bit of back and forth, but mostly playing long, nostalgic clips of Rush, which I'm okay with, and, I've, and that's what they want you know the audience to be okay with. But the fact of the matter is, that's a show that forever has run exactly at the same time as this one. And on, on the day of Rush's passing, I guess it was on the Hannity show, Dennis was a guest, and he told a story that was emblematic of the grace and the kind of person that Rush Limbaugh was because there was, we can be a really competitive snotty breed of people. Those of us who do radio shows and um, Rush was the opposite of that. He wanted success for everybody. Even the people who were on opposite him against whom he was directly competing. And he talked about Dennis talked about one day where, uh, where Rush was reading a Dennis Prager column. And Dennis thought, what's going on here? This this never happens at radio, where someone with a show uh, lifts up and attracts attention to someone who's on exactly opposite him. It was the kind of person that Rush Limbaugh was. And so as we you know, get ready for a day of exercising this this wonderful art form of radio under the umbrella of conservative talk radio, let us um, offer up once again some love and appreciation for the man who expanded this medium, energized this industry. I had been doing shows for six years when the Limbaugh show landed uh, on the planet in, in 1988. I started out in Jacksonville in 1982. I was in Memphis at the time in 88. And I went, whoa, what's this? And it was of enormous value in, in energizing this industry of enormous value. Uh, we went from having a couple of hundred talk stations to having more than a thousand. And through just the, the, the sheer power of his personality. And here's the thing. The Limbaugh show was not big because Rush was conservative. Keep the car on the road. The Limbaugh show was not huge because Rush was conservative. I know thousands of conservatives. Some of them I wouldn't, wouldn't listen to for three minutes. <laughs> I love them, but just no. Rush made us listen for three hours and left us wanting more. Rush was a singular talent because he did this for a living. He was a radio guy. He understood and became a master of this art form. It was his conservative views translated with a particular gift. Dennis Prager has a particular gift. Larry Elder has a particular gift. My friend Mike Gallagher has a particular gift. All these guys are my colleagues and my friends now. Hugh Hewitt has a particular gift. Dr. Gork has been doing this for, what, 10 minutes? Boy, does he have a gift. No, he's been, been at it for quite a while now. And, and, and has taken to it like the proverbial talk radio fish to water. And, and we all have different gifts and different uh, ways in which we do this. And, uh, and the most important thing, the truly to, to do this for a living, to have this as something, as an art form that you practice, your views are not your most important thing. We're all conservative. Yay us. Hooray. That's great. It's the ability to, to take those views, communicate them, make them palatable, make them entertaining, make them compelling. That's what does it. And Rush was forever a master at that. 
So, of course, I love Rush as a conservative hero. Of course, I respect him for his ideas. But I love him, and I will always love that legacy, because Rush Limbaugh was, first and foremost, a radio guy. A radio guy. May God bless his memory and, and Catherine and the family and, and the, the wonderful James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly and Mike Mamone and all those people who work in that environment. Show will continue. I have no magic inside intel as to who a successor might be or how they're going to do that. I don't even think they know yet. But whatever it is, um, know that while we all do kind of fight for certain slices of the pie, that those of us who are in conservative talk radio now, we have we feel like we're rowing a like rowing a boat in the same direction. We know we have a country to, to, to save. We know we have a country to protect against the I've, I've, I've described it as like being in a, in, in a batting cage from hell where we're just trying to just, just, just knocking bad idea after bad idea after bad idea, uh, out of, you know, out of that cage, just trying to fend off the curveballs that are coming now that we have one party rule, a Democrat White House, a Democrat Senate, a Democrat House. This is our life for at least two years. Because that one-party rule thing comes to an end in 2022 because we're going to win back the House. We're going to win back the House. And then in 2024, it'll obviously be my wish to win back the White House. The path forward to that is one of the things we're talking about. Let me. So glad I got that taken care of. R.I.P. Rush. God bless you and the family. Love you forever. And uh, when we come back, the new Andrew Cuomo scandal, and it ain't about COVID. Next, Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. The Dennis Prager Show. It is the Dennis Prager Show for this Wednesday, 24th day of February 2021. Mark Davis filling in from 660 AM. The answer, DFW. All right. uh, So here's the deal on Cuomo. I am there in a perfect world. I might take a look at this story and say I'm not even going to talk about it because it's it's like one it's one, another of these. You ready? One accuser saying one thing, and it, but it's already all over national news, or it's going to be. Well, it'll be over some national news. The reason I'm going to offer it to you is because every single thing of this type that happens needs to be seen against the tapestry, against the backdrop of what would happen if this were a conservative. So we start with the starting block that that Andrew Cuomo is in a, 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 a bunch of trouble. There's a lot going on with regard to his uh, uh, handling of COVID and the nursing homes and this and that and this and such. And so you've got all of that. And we've gone from the guy, you know, getting accolades for his book and winning an Emmy uh, to all of a sudden, you know, calls for impeachment for him to resign and all stuff because of, of COVID mismanagement. Well, now we've got a uh, we've got a me too story. A former aide to Governor Andrew Cuomo is accusing the embattled New York governor of sexually harassing her, including unwanted kissing and touching, and says his top female staffers normalized the behavior. Lindsay Boylan is the former deputy secretary for economic development. And special advisor to the governor. And she said Governor Cuomo constantly sought her out and had staffers arrange meetings with her where he made inappropriate comments. Let's play strip poker, Boylan said, Cuomo remarked, on a flight from an event in October 2017, according to an essay that she wrote on Medium, published today. 
In another encounter, December 2016, Ms. Boylan says Governor Cuomo arranged through a handler to meet her in his Albany office, to which she agreed reluctantly. She said he gave her a tour of his office, smirked, showed off a cigar box he said was given to him by former President Bill Clinton while he served as the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. And Boylan said she interpreted that to be an innuendo referencing the Clinton-Lewinsky affair, which had a cigar contingent to it that I will not describe. She said she was warned by other staffers when she joined Cuomo's administration to, quote, be careful around the governor. Ms. Boylan... uh, said his behavior was also normalized, particularly by Melissa DeRosa and other top women around him, that only now do I realize how insidious his abuse was. All right, let's pause. Let's pause. I'm going to do something for Governor Cuomo that God knows nobody would do uh, in the media culture, in the dominant media culture for a conservative, about whom these things were said. I want to be fair to him. I want to be fair to him. One of two things is true, and it's it's the two things that are always true when a charge like this arises. Either somebody is lying and trying to destroy a man's reputation, which is terrible, or it's true, meaning the behavior itself is terrible. Sitting here right now, I have no idea which one of those is the case, and neither do you. So I think the responsible thing to do is let the facts come to us, let the story develop legs if it does or doesn't, uh, let Governor Cuomo have a, 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 a response to this if he chooses to. And, and this is what I would ask for for anybody, for any public figure, elected official, for anybody about whom such an accusation arises. Because we've gone through this, this interesting adventure, haven't we? Do all accusers deserve to be believed? No! Do all accusers deserve to be heard? Yes. Heard, evaluated, scrutinized. Their charges put under, you know, a, a, a harsh light and a microscope to see if they hold water, to see if they stand up. In some cases, we'll never know. We'll never totally know, you know, if Bill Clinton was a rapist. We'll never totally know about Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. We'll never totally know. It just comes down to whom we think is believable. And that may differ according to life experience and certainly according to politics. So there is the Andrew Cuomo Me Too story out in a, uh, what's called a bombshell essay, I guess so, in uh, in something called Medium, medium.com. My story of working with Governor Cuomo from a woman named Lindsay Boylan. I know nothing about her. There's no way in the world I'm going to sit here and tell you I think she's lying. But there's also no way I'm going to sit here and tell you I know she's telling the truth. And which drives us crazy because we always want to know. We always want to like, I got to know if this is accurate. I got to know if this is true. I got to know whether to emotionally invest in this. I have no idea. So just be comfortable with what you don't know. Know what you don't know. And we'll see what, if anything, develops in this story. All right. A number of stories. Uh, some of them COVID related, some of them, uh, tiger related and everything in between. Grab a line, 1-8 Prager 776. Mark Davis in for Dennis and we'll go to your calls next. The Dennis Prager Show. It is the Dennis Prager Show for this Wednesday, 24th of February. Mark Davis filling in. Glad you are here. Hey, speaking of Dennis, and I had the chance to invoke uh, some of the fellow SRN hosts with whom I am now colleagues and friends, especially my longtime buddy Mike Gallagher. I can't imagine anything cooler than hanging out with Dennis and Mike Gallagher for anywhere 
But in Israel, are you kidding me? It's a travel opportunity that could be a lifetime highlight for you. They're going back to Israel in October, 10-day Stand With Israel tour. The the highlights of Israel, it's a trip I have made. It is life-changing. It's meant to give you an unprecedented view of an incredibly inspiring region. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, if you're just, you know, yanking at the chains, just saying, come on, man, I want to go somewhere. I mean, I like to, I like to go to a concert in my city. Let's, the Israel is an incredible opportunity and book now and you can do it worry free. Your registration's refundable till May 8th. If you need to cancel, if you think, I don't know, you got a big, big fat window there just to keep your options open. Let me give you the number and the website, 855-565-5519 or just standwithisraeltour.com, standwithisraeltour.com. Alrighty, Mark Davison for Dennis. Let's go to Los Angeles. Hey, Brent. Mark Davison for Dennis. Happy Wednesday. How are you? Hello, Mark. Hey. I, lo- I love hearing you uh, when Dennis is away. Thanks. But, but I was thinking, in addition to a fully comprehensive 9-11-style commission investigating the congressional Democrats' January 6th Antifa riot at the Capitol. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, well, I want to hold a Nuremberg-style investigation into Dr. Fauci and Zuckerberg and Dorsey and ABC and CBS and NBC for their conspiracy to kill over 100,000 Americans, mostly senior citizens, by outlawing simple, cheap cures for the Democrats. As I, as, I, okay. as I attempt mind reading to see if there's some satire happening here, I, I will offer something that's true no matter who's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that is if somebody has a gripe with Dr. Fauci, and there's plenty of reason to, There are some level-headed ways to go about that. If someone is concerned about what happened on January 6th, as everybody should be, there are some level-headed ways to go about that. Um, you know, the, the, the rank demonization of Dr. Fauci and a 9-11 commission about January 6th, uh, is neither of those. Well, I, I think that both of these do need to be investigated, but they're being, they're, the wrong side is being looked at. Clearly, something at the Capitol was done, and it seems like it was organized from the end. It was totally organized, which makes the incitement narrative completely failed. The notion that Trump spoke magical, demonic words that fired up the crowd to go riot at that moment, that was, that's been a lie from the start. And these hearings have done nothing but show that this sliver of malcontents who envisioned this uh, this insurrection, uh, they, they knew what they were going to do. They were all... Uh, you know, uh, twisted off and ready to ready to go in the days prior. But but what you called my satire about the Nuremberg style uh, investigation into the uh, the flu situation. There is no reason we even need to have these vaccines. We have cures. Brent had them for and months. The, and, and, and okay, you know what? I'll play ball. You're semi entertaining. What would the cure be? What what exactly might it be? What are what are we missing, my man? Well, there's hydroxy, there's ivermectin. I love all that. Those, those are great, but those aren't cures, Brett. Words have meaning. Those are treatments. Those are things that if somebody comes down with it, you start gulping that uh, you know, to whatever extent your doctor says. Absolutely. So stay here on the planet with me, and I love you, and I'm glad you called. We're in San Jose. Philip, hey, Mark Davis, in for Dennis. Welcome. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty well today. Good. Uh, I want to talk to you about the uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, yes. They sent me a uh, a uh, notice to come down and get the shot, but I'm absolutely afraid of getting the shot. Why? 
because I don't believe it's been tested. Is it because uh, did Operation Warp Speed, what well, it obviously has been tested, has it been tested enough? Do you, do you feel that maybe the Operation Warp Speed was was quick, that it was rushed onto the market, and maybe they just didn't vet this thing enough? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. that is not an unre- that is not an unreasonable concern. That is not an unreasonable concern at the starting blocks. I want to tell you, having become a bit of a student of Operation Warp Speed from President Trump on down, the, every caution was taken to make sure that this was not something that they were doing under the gun. You know, President Trump or someone of his designation wasn't standing behind the people with white lab coats. Or, we know, get that thing done. We got to get this thing done in one fifth the normal time. That did not happen. Here's something else that has not happened. We have millions of people who have had it, and there is no narrative of of bad effects to any alarming degree. None. I mean, is there the occasional? You know, somebody gets wow, they got really sick for a couple of days. Yes, as will happen with all kinds of vaccines. So I'm not going to tell you to do it if you're not comfortable. I'm really not. I, I'm, I'll never tell anybody what to do. And if somebody goes, eh, I'm a little squirrely about this, I might wait a little longer. Whatever you want to do, this is your choice. But if you're sitting here today on February 24th, after the vaccines have been out for a good while, with no alarming narrative of bad effects, uh, I want you to free yourself from that. And you know, and to just you know, yeah. keep your eyes open and and, and see what uh, see what you want to do. Yeah, well, I I want to give it some time uh, sure. because you know, uh, being sixty six, uh, I've experienced quite a bit of life, and uh, yep. any other drug takes a lot longer. Well, here's here's the interesting thing, because you're right. We and and maybe the lesson of Operation Warp Speed is that we have been overly cautious forever in a way that and listen i I guess i'd rather be overly cautious than not cautious enough i mean i'm i I hear you there overprotective of our national health is 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 i i I understand but maybe there are all kinds of, of vaccines and medicines over the years that we just didn't have to sit and twiddle our thumbs over for five years maybe we could have gotten these things out earlier maybe this maybe this vaccine is the way to do it right and maybe it always has been. No, I, I, I believe that. I yeah. believe that. But I'm just this whole thing about COVID, the way it's being used in in uh, 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 marketing and everything else, it just scares me. Uh, I, I know. There's there's I, so I, I much. Believe it. I know there's so much out there, and so so I'll tell you what. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. Just sort of, and and if we go another month or so where we don't have like some big spate of terrible bad effects, you you do what you want to do. But let's. I hope you can get more comfortable with it if you if you want to. It is your choice. Mark Davis in for Dennis. Stick around. The Dennis Prager Show. I was playing a lot of this around Texas last week. Some Beach Boys, some Buffett, anything that spoke to warmer weather as we were at four below in the northern uh, confines of the uh, of the Metroplex. It was crazy. Let me share a, a couple of other things uh, with you as we wrap up the hour and head into our next. The telephone number, of course, is 1-8-Prager-776. 1-8-Prager-776. Um, just moments ago, uh, a gaggle, uh, which I believe is the collective noun of House Republicans, uh, w- was gathered, uh, taking some um, some questions from reporters. And it, to set this up, you do know something is going to happen on Saturday, right? Uh, you, you may be able to feel the earth move on Saturday 
as Donald Trump takes the stage at CPAC. Do you think there'll be love in that room? Do you think that these few stinking weeks of the of the Harris Biden administration of this regime and and just the 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 thirst, the hunger to make this right in 2022 and 24, either with him or somebody a lot like him? Do you think that that that's going to be huge as Trump speaks at CPAC? The answer is yes, it will be. So a reporter asked Kevin McCarthy, Republican leader in the House, do you believe former President Trump should be speaking at CPAC? His reply Yes, he should. Good answer. Then standing right behind him, how about you, Congresswoman Cheney? (sighs) Liz Cheney, that's up to CPAC. I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. What's with this woman? Her and the Adam Kinzigers, the Fred Uptons, the seven Republicans in the Senate who voted for impeachment. What kind of of just mental disconnect do they have? And by the way, it's not about disagreeing with Trump or maybe even not liking the guy, whatever. But this level of hostility, this back of the hand to, to 75 million Americans or in, in Wyoming to, to virtually everybody that voted for her loves Trump. What did, What is she doing here? And so I just popped that up on Twitter along with the, uh, the the video clip of that. And the accompanying words for me, guess what, Liz? It ain't up to you. It ain't up to you. And finally, as we take a look at uh, famous people in trouble here in the first hour, uh, I scarcely speak the words Bruce Springsteen anymore since he revealed his political bigotry in pulling out shows in North Carolina when North Carolina dared to have... Uh, uh, laws that that reflected not just the scientific but the biblical definition of gender. Is that fifteen seconds here, Sean? Because let me. Okay. Oh, good, good. I'll, I'll be real quick. He showed up with some fans at a park and and did like a tequila shot with them, and then hopped on a motorcycle and drove off. A very Springsteen thing to do, right? Uh, and then I don't know if, if if it was a if if he got popped. I have no idea if it was a, a a trap. So Springsteen got hit with a with a DUI at a blood alcohol level of point zero two. So they dropped that charge, but they did get him uh, with uh, a lesser charge of consuming alcohol on federal property where alcohol is prohibited. And I think he'll pay a fine of like five hundred dollars. That seems fair. All right, Mark Davis in for Dennis. More to come. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. 